Welcome to another podcast from the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show, which is now in its 14th year. Our show is heard every Friday between 6 and 8pm on Community Radio Station 94.1 FM 3WBC and is also streamed live on the World Wide Web at www.3wbc.org.au. Here is a recorded interview, first played on the 5th of July 2019, by Ian Salick with Garth Symington. Garth is a past president of the Rotary Club of Melbourne South and is currently a member of the Rotary Club of North Baldwin. Garth has served as its Director of Community Service and in a prior role for District 9800, Garth served as the District Foundation Committee Chair of Humanitarian Grants, District and Global. This is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East, and you're listening to the Rotary and Community Service Radio Show with Ian Salick right through until 8 o'clock tonight. I'm absolutely delighted this evening to welcome to the 94.1 FM 3WBC microphone another really hard-working, high-achieving Rotarian from Rotary District 9800. Garth Symington has been a past president of Melbourne South Rotary and now is a member and community service director of the Rotary Club of North Baldwin. Garth is a man who walks the talk he puts in countless voluntary hours to help the local Burundara community that this station covers. And not only that, his prior role in Rotary District 9800 for the Rotary Foundation was as Chair of Humanitarian Grants, both district and global. This meant he has facilitated financial support for both local and international projects. Listeners, Garth is a most interesting man to hear from. Garth Symington, a very warm welcome to the Rotary Radio Show. Ian, it's terrific to be here today. Uh, I think this show is great to getting out into the community. Thank you for saying that. We hope we do get out there and plenty of Rotarians, and for that matter, non-Rotarians listen to our show, where we can really telegraph the Rotary message. Now, Garth, before we talk about your extensive Rotary work, where were you born? Well, I've moved around extensively too. I was actually born in Launceston in Tasmania. I lived there for all of six months and then moved to Perth for my eight years. Uh, And uh, then my father was transferred to Adelaide, so I had my schooling and formative years in Adelaide. You've been well-travelled even as a young man. Most people a lot later in life travel about, but you did a lot in your early years. And was yours a large family? Yes, uh, I had three sisters in fact, so I was the only boy among three sisters uh, uh, and they've done well, nurse, school teacher, social welfare worker, um, very active my three sisters. And you've got a very famous sister, haven't you? Well, I think she's famous. Helen, my uh, sister who's just younger than I am, uh, was with the public service in Canberra uh, looking after Aboriginal health and infectious diseases at the top level and then was headhunted for a big role in Geneva where she spent nine years as the director of the Global Fund, which looks after worldwide HIV, polio and malaria. Uh, and then she became director of Gavi, which is the World Vaccination Fund. Uh, and uh, she's now retired back to Melbourne and she's an honorary professor of international health at Melbourne University and is on the board of a number of uh, uh, 
not-for-profit organisations. What a wonderful CV. It sounds as though your family is very much involved with service to the community. Well, it has been that way, yes, certainly. Now, Garth, I'm very well aware that you've been not only well-travelled in your younger life, but in your profession. What did you do and where have you been based during your working life? Well, I joined a Mobile Oil Company in Adelaide uh, and spent most of my life with Mobile. Uh, and then the last 10 years of my working life, uh, I was the executive director of the National Petroleum Industry Body. Now, whereabouts were you based? Uh, that's another good question. I have roamed, roamed around a bit. <laughs> we've, li <laughs> we've lived in most states of Australia except for Queensland. In fact, every state of Australia except for Queensland. Uh, and Fiji and New Zealand in my uh, working life with Mobile Oil Company. And Garth, where and when, with all that travel and all those locales that you're in, where and when did you first join Rotary? I first joined Rotary in Sandy Bay in Tasmania. Um, even though I was born there, I did go away for a number of years, but in, uh, back in uh, the late 70s, I was transferred to Tasmania. So I joined Sandy Bay Rotary Club in Tasmania. Now, don't tell me it met at the casino. <laughs> no, no, but it was very close to the casino, that's for sure. Um, well, what motivated you to join Rotary? Um, well, I've been in Rotary really fairly constantly since, since uh, joining in Sandy Bay, although my job took me to a, lot of, a number of locations. And what year was that? Uh, 1979. That's a long period of Rotary well, service. Well, a bit over 30 years of Rotary service with a couple of little breaks in between because of the job environment I was in. And what made it motivated you in that first place to join? Did, did you do any volunteer work at school or, or were you in scouts or something? that It sounds like your family has been involved in service, but I mean, what motivated you to join Rotary in, in Sandy Bay in the first instance? Well, I've always been in a community-minded uh, family. My father and mother both uh, returned uh, service persons from Second World War. My mother was a nurse in the Middle East. My father was uh, fighting in both uh, the Middle East and Papua New Guinea. Uh, and since they uh, retired and came back, they worked very heavily in legacy. My father oh, was wonderful. a legatee for 40 years and looked after about four families at any given time. A wonderful community organisation. I'm well aware of legacy, very well aware of legacy, because my father was involved in a, in a uh, similar group called Carry On that looked after the widows of uh, ex-servicemen and, uh, and uh, it was a help them carry on. So it was a sort of a complementary organisation to legacy. Oh, absolutely. They're both wonderful organisations. Now, you're a very active member of the Rotary Club of North Baldwin. When did you join? Well, what I should ask you is after Sandy Bay, were there any other interim clubs between Sandy Bay and North Baldwin with your extensive travel regime? Well, yes. I mean, Sandy Bay, uh, my, the start in Rotary, is a good way to meet people when you get moving your job. So there's a, you know, somewhat a selfish uh, part of it as well in that it is, does open doors for you. But Networking is a good thing about Rotary, is very important. Uh, but since then, and my moving around, I've been uh, Sandy Bay, Suva in Fiji. I was a member of the Suva Rotary Club golly. in Fiji. Uh, I was a member of the South Melbourne, or Melbourne South as we call it, Rotary Club. And, and was, you were president of that club. I was president there. Uh, uh, but then I joined uh, North Baldwin uh, in 2003 um, after my full-time job meant that I moved offices from... Um, uh, 
from, back to Kew from South Melbourne and Thursday nights it was a lot more convenient than Friday lunchtimes for me. Yes, well Rotary does have a plethora of, of times that are available. I know in the States there's a lot of breakfast meetings. Here we seem to be majoring in, in evening meetings, don't we? We do, we do. It's pretty hard these days to, to have a lunchtime meeting. I mean, it's uh, everyone's job sort of 24-7 as they use that horrible expression. Yes. Uh, and so, yes, no, evening meetings are certainly more convenient for most of us. And we're keen to attract younger members to Rotary, so it's easier sometimes with people's working regime to get them to an evening meeting vis-a-vis a breakfast or a lunchtime meeting, so it's a good idea to have a meeting in the evening. But, listeners, Rotary is available for you to choose the time of the day that you want to join. Now, North Baldwin is a great club. Is there a good mix of professions in your club uh, and uh, a good mix of men and women in your club? Well, there is, yes. We have 70 members, which is a good-sized club by Rotary standards. The average these days seems to be about 30 to 40 members in Rotary clubs. Uh, and we have a great mix of uh, professional people, lawyers, accountants, but we also have tradespeople, salespeople and school teachers. That's a great mix of people. Uh, uh, you've been a past president of, of South Melbourne, uh, but at the Rotary Club of North Baldwin, you've been community service director. Can you tell our listeners what some of the projects are that you've been involved with or that your club has been involved with before your role as community service director? Well, we've a huge amount of projects, and I, I can sort of list off a couple and then maybe amplify a little bit on a Please couple do. of them. Uh, we have a, a community garden, gardening program. We support uh, the Servants uh, Community Homeless uh, Facility uh, program. We have, opened a men's, we have opened a men's shed, Australian Rotary Health. We're supporting trachoma. Uh, this is what's happening this year. We do uh, uh, pick up product from Second Bite and take it to uh, CamCare every week and more recently we've uh, had a drought, drought relief program that we've been looking, we adopted the community of Sananad and we've been uh, uh, working on voucher systems uh, through the local tradespeople to help some of the Sananad farmers out. So it's been a, a rather, that's, that's just a, a, a touch on them. The gardening program we're very proud of. Uh, we do it uh, in conjunction with uh, schools in the area and uh, Fridays and Saturdays we get uh, recommendations as to where we should go uh, from the um, case managers from the Burundara Council, uh, people who can't manage their own gardens, don't have family to help them and can't afford to have commercial gardening. So we do do it with schools and it ticks a number of boxes. It, 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 it's a community service for our Rotary Club to do but it also gives the year uh, 11 and 12 a chance to tick off the community service box in their criteria. It's very all-inclusive, isn't it? And, and uh, the people that are the recipients of your, your gardening expertise... Uh, I don't know about expertise. Well, well, I'm sure it is. But do they, do they tell the council or does the, how does the council find those people? Well, they're usually on the council's... Uh, needing help list yes. uh, and they have a case manager because they've normally got um, either age problems or health problems of some sort and the case manager uh, then talks to their uh, community service people who then get in contact with us and say could you possibly do this uh, go and look at this person's house and see what you could do for them and then we tee it up timing and with the schools and we have our own gardening equipment 
We're not commercial gardeners and we have to make it quite clear that we're not. And I think it's important I say that's on this, this station. We don't think we're... Uh, Landscape experts. <laughs> no, yes. no, no. Well, tell me about your uh, trachoma program, because that is a, that's of great interest. Where is that being applied and what is it? What are you doing for it? Well, uh, as you might know, Ian, I'm sure you do, uh, the trachoma is a, is a uh, program that Rotary has picked up certainly in, uh, in Victoria and nationally, I think, where um, they're looking to uh, provide a, a support normally in indigenous community areas where they do have a problem with um, sort of the cleanliness of eyes uh, and, uh, and trachoma in itself. So uh, we're not going out into the communities, but we're certainly supporting the district program. There's a very high incidence, is there not, in the Indigenous, the Aboriginal community? Oh, absolutely. Enormously high incidence. And uh, my sister, once again, that I mentioned earlier, she's on the board of the Fred Hollows Foundation, uh, which is also in interfacing with the trachoma program. Wonderful stuff, Garth, wonderful stuff. Now, what about your overseas involvement as a club? Right. Well, overseas, our club has had a, a long-standing focus and interface with the Solomon Islands, uh, which uh, has a high propensity of malaria. Um, but we've done a number of global uh, projects of global grants, and I think we'll most probably talk about global We'll talk grants about a that a little later, but well, I want to cover that with you. But yeah. we've, uh, we've put water tanks into hospitals on some of the remote islands. We've put fences around the hospitals. We've uh, um, helped them set up a whole rice growing area in Honiara when, at a school just out of Honiara. So yes, we've, uh, I've personally been to the Solomons four times on, on hands-on Rotary projects, but we keep a fairly constant relationship with the Solomons. That's the great thing about Rotary, isn't it, Garth? That you get the opportunity to have hands-on, you actually do things, mm. whether it's, uh, as the other evening, we're both well aware, packing up food packs Right. For, for the project called For a Meal, sure, um, where clubs get together and pack up, I think it was 39,000 plus uh, food packs packed up. It's great work, isn't it, really? And it's, it's great camaraderie and it's great work, isn't it? It's great work and it is great cam camaraderie. And, you know, it's not only the Solomons and we've done work in East Timor and uh, Fiji uh, and, in fact, quite a lot in Vietnam in recent times. Um, so it's... Uh, it's quite thrilling work and very satisfying work, but it's very important work. It's very interesting to hear that work has been done in Vietnam, and I know one of your members, Rowan McLean, is forging contacts with Vietnam, as, as yet there is no Rotary Club there, but some of these projects that are being tackled there through Rowan and, and your club are starting to create links that may be very helpful to starting up Rotary in that area. Well, it is, and uh, uh, Rowan uh, started this thing with uh, Overseas Kids Foundation that he set up himself, and uh, it comes back through our club, but he's now got about four other clubs, clubs adopting, adopting villages in the area, and uh, it's, it's going remarkably well. Uh, Vietnam doesn't have Rotary because there's a communist country. Uh, they uh, have still sort of pushed back on it, particularly because, I guess, the American influence initially. But I think this is a great way to break the barriers, and I think Rotary will be in Vietnam in the next... Eventually. Eventually, yeah. As has happened with Cambodia. There was the same uh, uh, consternation, I think, about Rotary going into Cambodia, but 
now there is some Rotary Clubs in Cambodia, which is marvellous, and hopefully with the work that Rowan and your club is doing in Vietnam, that'll follow suit. Uh, I wanted to uh, ask you very, very importantly about and revert to the local community scene. Uh, just tell us a little bit about Second Bite, which is a fascinating sounding activity. Right. Well, Second Bite are a um, not-for-profit organisation which, in fact, collects uh, just-in-time food, predominantly from uh, supermarkets, in fact, predominantly from Coles, and we'll give them an ad, uh, give them a, a plug here, uh, because there's another organisation called Fair Share, which I also drive for, who collect food from Woolworths, and this is food that it's just about to expire, and Second Bite runs a warehouse, uh, uh, out in Heidelberg, in fact, and uh, they provide food to a number of the uh, kitchens that are then producing meals, or they provide f fresh food to, uh, well, in this case, CamCare, which is a, a, a area that supports uh, needy people uh, in the eastern suburbs. And uh, we pick up the product in the morning, uh, about nine o'clock in the morning, every Thursday morning, and take it across. And uh, there's uh, always a line of people at the door waiting for waiting for food, surprisingly, even mm. even in the eastern suburbs, which does surprise people. Yes, very, very interesting. And how many days before the best before date would the supermarkets in both uh, areas uh, provide food for the pickup? I guess if it's fruit and vegetables, it's usually, you know, maybe three or four days beforehand or maybe three days beforehand. Uh, in, in picking up meat, uh, it has to be frozen because yes. you can't yes. uh, risk having something that's just in time. No, of course. And do you have, within these vehicles that you want, you drive for fair share, mm. do you have, are there, are there sort of uh, frozen sections of the truck that well, you drive? Well, the fair share truck that I drive, and a number of other Rotarians drive, by the way, um, they're refrigerated vehicles. And in fact, they're of a size where they're just, they just allow the likes of me to drive it on my existing license. If it got any bigger, You'd, You'd have, have to, to apply a, for a special endorsement. A and and where, do the, where do these trucks come from? Well, once again, I mean, there's some tremendous philanthropists around. These trucks come from uh, the well-known um, uh, Melbourne sort of... Uh, transport companies? Transport companies, tolls, um, gandals, who are, uh, who are not a transport company, but are very big philanthropist. Yes. They're very generous people around there, these trucks, uh, the, these trucks come it's from. It's just wonderful stuff, mm. isn't it? And, oh, it is. Uh, what I like hearing about, as you describe it, is the marvellous hands-on work. Mm. And so many young people that approach us, I'm sure it's the case uh, with your club, so many young people that approach us want to actually get hands-on work. They want to do a project. Uh, Rotary is great with fellowship, but it's nice to be doing things where you really feel you're making some contribution. Hands-on's terrific. I mean, I, lo I love the hands-on. And now as a retired person, uh, you know, when you've spent your life in, uh, in, in offices, I get no more enjoyable, uh, I get huge enjoyment out of sitting in a truck, backing into a Woolworths loading bay and loading up veggies, knowing that it's going to the right place. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Well, Garth, thank you. I want to take a little break here and uh, we're going to play some of your favourite music which we'll tell the listeners about when we come back. Uh, and when we do come back, I'd very much like to find out about your previous work for Rotary District 9800, because you were on the Foundation Committee uh, when you were the Foundation Chair 
of both humanitarian grants, district and global. So we're going to have a chat about that when we come back. Welcome back. This is 94.1 FM, 3WBC, the voice of the Inner East. And we're back talking with Garth Symington, a past president of Melbourne South Rotary. And now he is a member and community service director of the Rotary Club of North Bulwin. His prior role in Rotary District 9800 was as chair of Foundation Humanitarian Grants, both district and global. Well, Garth, for our non-Rotarian listeners, what is the Rotary Foundation and what does it do? Well, of course, Rotary is an international organisation who's headquartered in Chicago in the US. And the mission of the Foundation is to enable Rotarians to advance world understanding, goodwill and peace through the improvement of health and the support of education and the alleviation of poverty. And it's run with an endowment fund, which has more than a billion dollars US and was started off in 1917 with an initial contribution, wait for it, of $26.50. Amazing. Uh, It helps humanitarian activities both local and overseas. And Rotarians, friends, businesses and philanthropists support the foundation work through voluntary contributions. And it's worth noting here that I guess the world's biggest philanthropist is the Gates Foundation and the biggest project internationally that Rotary's had going for the last 20 years is polio and the eradication of it. And we're nearly there. And it's hundreds of millions of dollars that Rotary's put in and Gates Foundation has matched us dollar for dollar. A wonderful global project. But what are the types of grants that uh, the Rotary Foundation facilitates? Well, we have local district and global grants. Um, and I can talk about some local grants if you'd like me to. Please do. Um, just simple little projects that really have the profile of Rotary up in the community and really help the community. We support uh, schools in tree planting projects. Uh, one really good one was uh, putting in a disabled uh, ramp in the local hall at Rochester, which is a town north of there. They just, this was just wonderful and, and, and really supported the community there. Uh, There's asylum-seeking mentoring programs and uh, practical support programs for the homeless. That's on the local front. District? On the district, yes, district. Freshwater wells in East Timor. Uh, We've had a windmill project in uh, in, uh, the Solomon Islands to get the rice growing going again. Uh, And there's been classroom support in Laos. And, uh, and, and Garth, you might care to tell us about some of these significant global grants. Certainly. Just a point on the district grants is that they're up to $20,000 uh, and that's where it maxes out. And the clubs have to raise money as well to support these. So we're talking maybe uh, 50% by the club and 50% by an application to the foundation. The global grants are, as they say, big and global. Uh, and they can be anything from uh, a big one we did, which was clean water distribution through three villages in the Philippines, about $150,000, that grant, uh, and worked over about two or three years. Uh, the club didn't have to put in half of 150, but the, so the foundation gave them a fair bit there. Uh, equipment training uh, for villages in Cambodia, um, so that was another big grant. Uh, Freshwater 
which is a very big focus of uh, Rotary all around the uh, underdeveloped countries, uh, in Uganda. And I guess one of the biggies and one of the ones we're most proud of is the major maternal health and nurse training program in Timor-Leste. Uh, these were teams from Australia, Rotarian doctors and nurses and volunteers who have done this training of uh, nurses in uh, Timor-Leste. And Garth, the key is sustainability and due diligence before these projects get started. Absolutely. Sustainability is a most important thing. There's a real checklist off on sustainability and if you don't press that button you don't get the money from the foundation. So it's not a, just a matter of going and doing a project and hightailing it out of there. It's a matter of nurses continuing the work that other people do and the great thing about Rotary is obviously that they want to check that the dollars are being properly spent and a very low administration. You may care to tell us something about how people get involved with the projects. Well, very low administration, you're right. It's, it's a really hands-on thing and uh, people involved in the projects and Rotarians and others and friends of Rotary sometimes get involved in some of these overseas projects and local projects. Uh, they support themselves. If there's, a local if, if there's a global project overseas, say in the Solomon Islands, the Rotarian pays their own fares. This is not about uh, having a boondoggle overseas. Uh, this is about uh, uh, all the money actually going to the project. It's a wonderful way to handle projects. And uh, it's not a matter of first-class airfares by uh, Rotarians going in to do a project. They fund their own trips. Absolutely. And I think it's very, very important. Garth, coming back to Rotary at the club level, the club is the heart of Rotary, uh, always has been and always will be. Your wonderful Rotary Club of North Baldwin, which is a, a really great club and I've visited, where and when do you meet? Right, well, we meet at the Q Golf Club uh, for a dinner meeting on Thursday nights, every Thursday night. Uh, the meeting goes from 6.30 till 8.00. Uh, usually people start gathering at about six o'clock. And how can our listeners not get in Rotary find out more about your club? The best way to find out about our club is to go to our website, which is uh, au, and all the information you require will be there, contacts uh, and so forth. And what is the actual joining process? How does it occur? Well, once you've made contact via the web with someone, uh, someone will then call you and make a time to meet, invite you to a club meeting, um, introduce you around, and usually we have a potential member come to about three meetings so that they can run the ruler over us and we can run the ruler over them. Uh, and uh, then we go from there. Garth, uh, a good process. Give us those contact details again, please. Right, www rotarynorthbaldwin.com.au Well, Garth Symington, thank you so much for joining us on the Rotary Radio Show. Thank you for what you do, especially thank you. You are recognised by your club and in Rotary District 9800 as wise, fully engaged and, and very much hands-on, Garth. You deserve enormous praise and gratitude for what you do. And listeners, Garth Symington is another very fine example. In fact, he's an exemplar of what Rotary does, putting service above self. Garth, thank you very much for talking to us this evening. 
I think you're overselling me a bit, Ian, but it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to catch up with you again. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was produced and presented by Ian Salick of Rotary District 9800 in Victoria, Australia. More podcasts can be found on iTunes by typing into your browser Rotary Radio Doing Good in Victoria or alternatively by going to the Rotary District 9800 website at www.rotarydistrict9800.org.au and clicking on Rotary Radio.